Our dear loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us life. And we also thank you for availing us this opportunity to fellowship with you and to know you more. We pray, Lord, that you would grant to us understanding of your word through your spirit. Put your words in my mouth as I speak. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 7. The Pattern Man For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 This world has been visited by the majesty of heaven, the Son of God. Christ came to this world as the expression of the very heart and mind and nature and character of God. But he laid aside his royal robe and kingly crown and stepped down from his high command to take the place of a servant. He was rich, but for our sake, that we might have eternal riches, he became poor. He made the world, but so completely did he empty himself that during his ministry he declared, The Son of Man had not where to lay his head. Christ stood at the head of humanity, in the garb of humanity. So full of sympathy and love was his attitude that the poorest was not afraid to come to him. He was kind to all, easily approached by the most lowly. He went from house to house, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, comforting the mourners, soothing the afflicted, speaking peace to the distressed. He took the little children in his arms and blessed them, and spoke words of hope and comfort to the weary mothers. With unfailing tenderness and gentleness, he met every form of human woe and affliction. Not for himself, but for others did he labor. He was willing to humble himself, to deny himself. He did not seek to distinguish himself. He was the servant of all. It was his meat and drink to be a comfort and a consolation to others, to gladden the sad and heavy laden ones with whom he daily came in contact. Christ stands before us as the pattern man the great medical missionary, an example for all who should come after. His love, pure and holy, blessed all who came within the sphere of its influence. His character was absolutely perfect, free from the slightest stain of sin. He came as an expression of the perfect love of God, not to crush, not to judge and condemn, but to heal every weak, defective character, to save men and women from Satan's power. He is the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of the human race. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Pattern Man, that is Jesus Christ as the pattern, that is the person that we should pattern ourselves after to copy. We should be looking at him and look as the standard for every human being, what we ought to be, what we should be. And 
as we look at the life of Christ, that he lived here on earth and the example he laid down for us, we can draw principles by which we should live our lives. We may not be able to do exactly the same things he did, but by principle we can do exactly the same thing he did. Our key text in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 tells us, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, that's me, for my sake he became poor, that I, you through his riches, through his poverty, might be rich. This is the pattern. Like we read in the time we know him, page 44, paragraph 4, he came as an expression of the perfect love of God. Not to crush, not to condemn, not to judge, but to heal every weak defective character. To save men and women from Satan's power. He is the creator, redeemer and sustainer of the human race. End of quote. As we read through the devotion, we see various things Jesus did. Like yesterday when we saw Jesus as the, the one who had sympathy for the poor and needy. And look at the amount of laws the Lord wrote down just for the sake of the poor, being a missionary to the poor. He loves the poor, the sick, the afflicted, those who are even sinful, those who are passing through misfortune. You know, those who pass through misfortune doesn't mean they are all sick. Even the rich can be unfortunate sometimes. Jesus ministered to every class of people. Like we see here, for the poor, he was there to help them. He was tender and gentle to every form of human woe and affliction. He fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He went from house to house doing all of this. And there were those who were mourning. They are not necessarily poor. He comforted the mourners. He even raised their dead. That's why I said we may not be able to do everything he did. We, can, we may not raise the dead. We may not exactly heal the sick. But that healing of the sick and the raising of the dead was Jesus' power. But it was a reflection of the compassion and sympathy and tenderness he had. Now, you can have sympathy towards the, those who are mourning. You can soothe the afflicted. You can speak peace to the distressed. I also can do the same. We may show some kind of, give some kind of comfort to the sick. We may not be able to get them to be completely cured. But as the medical missionary that Jesus was and we are, we can actually comfort them. We can make their bed more comfortable for them. We can make their sickness more palatable, more bearable. That's what we can do. And when we are doing that, we are following the pattern. And we are not any less uh, of ministers than, than our Lord Jesus. We are, you are doing all you can. That's the main thing. How much you can do is what you are doing. And this is the pattern. Before we talk about the ministry of Jesus to the poor, mourners and afflicted, I want to focus on the last part of the reading that I just went through now, page 44, paragraph 4, that says that he did not come to judge and condemn, but to heal every weak, defective character to save men and women from Satan's power. You see, our Lord Jesus said about himself that he had nowhere to lay his head. Matthew 8, verse 20, Jesus said, The foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests, for the Son of Man had not where to lay his head. But even in his poverty, there was one thing he could do. He may not be able to give you money, but one thing he could do that everybody can do, that we have the ability to do, 
as far as we depend on Jesus, is this part of Jesus where he did not come to judge, condemn, but to heal every weak, defective character. I may see a poor person who needs money and I may not have and you also may not have money to give the person. Some people need homes and you don't even have any home to give them. But one thing everybody can give is the word of God. It's the comfort to the sinner. It's the ability to show compassion and sympathy to those who are sinful. John 3 verse 17 and 18 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. I like this passage so much because it shows me the beauty of the character of God. Jesus came to this world to save. He didn't come to condemn. Why? Because it's not his work to condemn. We are the ones that condemn ourselves. Ourselves. Sin is what condemns. If I commit sin, and I am a sinner, and you also, all have sinned, it's our sins that condemn us. And that's why he said, He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Not that Jesus came to condemn. You are already condemned as I am without Christ. If I am without Christ, anybody who is without Christ is condemned already. Not that Jesus is coming to condemn them. Jesus is coming to save. The Lord, the Father sent his Son not to condemn, but that the world might be saved through him. And that's why Jesus said, for people like us who are condemned, we who know we are in great need of mercy. Matthew 7 verse 1 to 6, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. This instruction Jesus gave to us. And if there's one instruction, we'll look at it again tomorrow. But today I just want to say if there's one instruction that every human being should be able to relate with is this one. How can he that is condemned be condemning another person? You see, Jesus came not to condemn truly. And it's because he understands us. Like we saw he came to heal every defective soul and he understands what we pass through. To give a description of this, I'm reading from Desire of Ages, page 461 and 462. It says, Jesus hated sin and he loved sinners. Jesus arose. This is referring to the woman. This is a write-up referring to the woman who was brought to Jesus who was caught in the sin of adultery. The story goes that when these people came wanting to see what Jesus would say, thinking he would go against the law of Moses because they were always wanting to hear him say something against the law of Moses, so-called. And instead, Jesus told them, He that hath no sin, let him cast the first stone. Any one of them there who has never sinned, let him be the first person to cast a stone. They all dropped the stones one by one and they left. It was then that Jesus said to the woman, where are those your accusers? Has none of them condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, 
neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. Those words, how they must have cheered the soul of this woman. And your soul today needs to be cheered by the same words. As you come to Jesus with your sins, Jesus says to you, Neither do I condemn you. No one can condemn you. And Jesus himself says, I don't condemn you. I came to save. It's your own sin that will condemn you. And that's why he doesn't stop by saying, Neither do I condemn thee. But the next thing he says is, Go and sin no more. So let me read now. Desire of Ages, page 461 and 462. The woman had stood before Jesus, cowering with fear. His words, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone, had come to her as a death sentence. She dared not lift her eyes to the Savior's face, but silently awaited her doom. In astonishment, she saw her accusers depart speechless and confounded. Then those words of hope fell upon her. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Her heart was melted, and she cast herself at the feet of Jesus, sobbing out her grateful love, and with bitter tears confessing her sins. This was to her the beginning of a new life, a life of purity and peace, devoted to the service of God. In the uplifting of this fallen soul, Jesus performed a greater miracle than in healing the most grievous physical disease. He cured the spiritual malady which is unto death everlasting. This penitent woman became one of his most steadfast followers. With self-sacrificing love and devotion, she repaid his forgiving mercy. In his act of pardoning this woman and encouraging her to live a better life, the character of Jesus shines forth in the beauty of perfect righteousness. While he does not palliate sin, nor lessen the sense of guilt, he seeks not to condemn but to save. The world had for this erring woman only contempt and scorn, but Jesus speaks words of comfort and hope. The sinless one pities the weakness of the sinner and reaches to her a helping hand. While the hypocritical Pharisee denounced, Jesus bids her go and sin no more. It is not Christ's follower that with averted eyes turns from the erring, leaving them unhindered to pursue their downward course. Those who are forward in accusing others and zealous in bringing them to justice are often in their own lives more guilty than they. Men hate the sinner while they love the sin. Christ hates the sin but loves the sinner. This will be the spirit of all who follow him. Christian love is slow to censure. Take note of these words because I'll take it again in other places. Christian love is slow to censure, quick to descend penitence, ready to forgive, to encourage, to set the wanderer in the path of holiness and to stay his feet therein. End of quote. This is the pattern for us. Jesus is the pattern man indeed and this is what we are to follow. The example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some lessons I lift up from this reading is like Jesus, we are not to condemn. That doesn't mean that you don't call sin by its right name. But like we saw here many times, those who want 
justice on the sinner, themselves are more guilty than even those sinners. The fact that you want justice to be done is no evidence that you are righteous yourself. But many people think that when you call for justice, it shows you are righteous. And if you are calling for mercy, maybe it's because you also have been committing this sin. Maybe it's because you also uh, you have been involved in sin like this. That's why you are saying you should be merciful to this kind of person because you don't want to condemn yourself. That's what many people think. So to show that I am so holy and I'm so righteous, I would rather condemn and bring the full measure of justice on the sinner so that it will show how holy I am. But that's not the pattern of Jesus. Jesus did not seek to condemn and bring judgment, full judgment upon the sinner to show how holy, righteous and pure he is. He was quick to descend penitence ready to forgive, to encourage and set the wanderer in the path of holiness. Truly, yes, the, the justice that's to be done on the woman was to stone her, yes. But that doesn't mean that you cannot be merciful. And our Lord Jesus showed his example that he did not come to condemn his children and to show the same example. Not to condemn, but to seek to save and help the lost. That is what the work of a follower of Christ should be. And this is the pattern that we are to follow. To love the sinner while hating the sin. To be slow to censure. To be slow to accuse. Not to be zealous in bringing people to justice. That's what the character of Jesus was like. He had forgiving mercy and was one who would say, go and sin no more. Left for Jesus, he would cover the sin of that woman. He won't expose it. It is never Christian for anyone to think that it is their duty to bring people to justice in this way. It is not so. And that's why we all, knowing that we are sinners, ought to heed that instruction. Judge not that ye be not judged. So the other part of our devotion talks about how our Lord Jesus understood what it was to be poor. But he was a rich person, but for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty he might make us rich. That is our pattern. We are to come down, to spend ourselves, to deny ourselves for the sake of others, to meet human woe and affliction. We saw that in yesterday's devotion, Missionary to the Poor. You may have more than others, and like our Lord Jesus, you follow his pattern to help the poor, to help the needy, to comfort those that are mourning and soothe the afflicted, speaking peace to the distressed. This is the pattern. And some of these things are things that everybody can do. Everyone can speak peace to the distressed. Everyone can comfort the mourning. Yes, we may not all have money to give to the poor. We may not all have material things to give. But the greater and more important thing we can all do. We saw just now how it is that the miracle Jesus performed for this woman is a greater miracle than every other miracle he had done. And every one of us has the ability to do this miracle. Many people want to say, oh, I want to do miracles. But you don't know that the preaching of the word of God to the point that a sinner is saved from their sin and they are converted that is the greatest miracle that can ever be done for a human being 
and God has given every single one of us the ability to relate with our fellow human beings and work on them and perform this same miracle. You may not be able to turn water to wine. You may not be able to raise the physical body that is dead to life. You may not have enough to give. Even Jesus did not have house to give anyone to sleep in. But one thing you can do, you can comfort the morning. You can speak peace to the distressed. You can weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. But greater than all of this, you can perform the greater miracle ever that has ever been done in curing the spiritual malady which is unto death everlasting. You can be instrumental in resurrecting from the deadness of sin and trespasses those who are already perishing or who are perished. You can be instrumental in resurrecting them to newness of life. And do not think that you want to have power, so-called, in doing wonderful miracles of healing the body because what we read here is that even greater than healing of the body is the healing of the most grievous disease which is the spiritual malady that is the pattern for every one of us and we are to be touched with the infirmities of the hue of fallen humanity as we see people suffering in sin it is not for us to condemn it's not for us to look down on people to feel like oh these people are so wicked and in sin yeah people may be in sin but if we are like our lord jesus what we should do is to show sympathy to seek to help to lift them up from the spiritual death that they are in and to bring them to newness of life through to conversion we also saw yes that jesus helped the poor and one way we can also help the poor is to defend them is to speak in their behalf when they are oppressed the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus 23 verse 6, Thou shalt not rest the judgment of thy poor in his cause. And in Psalm 10 verse 2 it says, The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. And in Psalm 37 verse 14 it says, The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be upright of conversation. It is only the wicked that does this, not the righteous. What does Jesus do? What does the righteous do? In helping the afflicted and the oppressed. Psalms 82, verse 1 to 4. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. That's the instruction of the Lord to us. And our Lord Jesus, when he preached, and he said, made his mission statement, Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those that are bruised. That's one of the things he said, to, to let the captive go free. That was part of his mission statement. And if we are children of God, we should be careful not to oppress the poor. We should be careful not to do that because oppression of the poor is like you are doing it to Jesus himself because he doesn't have anyone to speak on his behalf. It is left for us to do, to speak on the behalf of the poor and to help the afflicted and deliver them from the hands of the wicked. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 5 tells us, Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker and he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. And in Proverbs 14 verse 31 we are told, he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. But he that honoreth him, he that honoreth God, 
has mercy on the poor. This is our pattern that we should live by. We are not to be partial in our judgment for those who are in position. Don't have respect of persons towards the rich and then you treat the poor with contempt. James 2 reading from verse 1 tells us, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which had, he had promised to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Amen. So, our Lord Jesus, as the pattern man, showed us that you should, that we should have unfailing tenderness, gentleness, and speaking peace to the distressed and soothing the afflicted, which includes the poor. We saw that Christ Himself, He represents the poor. The poor represent Him because that's what He was, and the Word of God is telling us. Be careful not to treat the poor with contempt. Psalms 41 verse 1 and 1 to 3 says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. Amen. As we follow the pattern of our Lord Jesus, we see what we can do for humanity. The pattern is not just one of avoiding sin, but one of doing good, relieving the poor, and giving them assistance, comforting those who are mourning, helping those who are afflicted, speaking peace to those who are distressed, and above all, chief of all of them, the miracle of being instrumental in the healing of the spiritual malady that leads to death, eternal death. Preaching the word, speaking the words to people and helping them to be converted from sin to righteousness, avoiding to condemn, quick to descend penitence, slow to censure, avoiding to judge. This is the pattern of our Lord Jesus and if we follow that pattern, we will do well. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, help us to see more deeply the character of our Lord Jesus Christ in both those things he avoided and those things he did. As we seek to avoid sin and live pure lives, help us Lord to also do the necessary things that make us to follow the pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give us the ability Lord that we may speak words of comfort to those who mourn and especially to be instrumental in speaking peace to the lives of those who are in sin, that the sinner may be converted to righteousness. 
Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at stars.org